Holidays or Horror Days Written by Rod McNair Read by Chris Leonard Grotesque masks and costumes, terrifying images of movie monsters, candy skulls and carved pumpkins, gravesite offerings for the dead. This year, millions of people around the world will observe Halloween, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, and the Day of the Dead. Will you? Most people today know that the modern Halloween festival has its roots in ancient traditions that predate Jesus Christ, yet they have no qualms about taking part in a day that draws heavily on morbid pre-Christian superstitions. Why is this? What should it mean to Christians today? What did ancient Halloween celebrations involve? We read in the Encyclopedia Britannica, the 11th edition, volume 12, on page 857 and 858 on Halloween, Quote, the two chief characteristics of ancient Halloween were the lighting of bonfires and the belief that of all nights in the year, this is the one during which ghosts and witches are most likely to wander abroad. Further, it was a druidic belief that on the eve of this festival, Saman, Lord of Death, called together the wicked souls that within the past twelve months had been condemned to inhabit the bodies of animals. End quote. So how did professing Christians start following ancient Celtic practices? In 1610 AD, Pope Boniface IV established the Feast of All Holy Martyrs, held annually on May 13th. In 835 AD, Pope Gregory IV transferred the celebration to November 1st, a date he designated as All Saints Day in honor of martyrs for their faith. What activities were associated with that day? Even today, in some Catholic countries, a popular folk tradition holds that departed loved ones return to their former homes once a year, during this day also known as the Day of the Dead. Mabuhe magazine described a colorful tradition of the Philippines, where families, quote, troop to cemeteries to light candles and offer flowers to departed relatives on All Saints Day, November 1st, end quote from Halloween High Jinx, November 1997, page 34. The November 2nd festival known as All Souls Day was established based on the, quote, Roman Catholic doctrine that the souls of the faithful, which, at death, have not been cleansed from venial sins, or have not atoned for past transgressions, cannot attain the beatific vision and that they may be helped to do so by prayer and by the sacrifice of the Mass. End quote. From All Souls Day, Encyclopedia Britannica, 11th edition, volume 1, page 709. This presumes a process by which those who are alive can perform ceremonies to somehow improve the condition of the deceased. In Mexico, Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, is observed by adorning grave sites with candles, marigolds, and deceased family members' favorite foods, as if to attempt to persuade the dead loved ones to return for a family reunion. Note this description of how some celebrants observe this festival. Quote, some wear wooden skull masks known as calacas. Many families build altars called ofrendas in their homes using photos, candles, flowers, and food. Toys and food, including breads and candies, are created in the shape of symbols of death, such as skulls and skeletons, end quote, from Day of the Dead, Britannica.com. 
All these festivals of the dead are based on the same general theme, to commune with, appease, serve, and even worship the dead. But are such practices based on the Bible? Should Christians observe them today? What does God say? Where are the dead now? Many ancient religious traditions presume that the dead are somewhere other than in the grave. Many people assume that the departed dead are either in heaven, hell, or some sort of intermediate conscious state. Yet, the Bible clearly tells us where the dead are. Notice what the Apostle Peter said in his sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, verses 29 and 34. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. For David did not ascend into the heavens. David did not go to heaven. The Apostle Peter, speaking centuries after David's death, confirms that David was still in his grave where he had been placed at death, and was still awaiting the resurrection. What a contrast Peter's words are to the mistaken belief, so pervasive among professing Christians today, that the saints right now are looking down at us from heaven. Jesus Christ plainly explained in John 3 verse 13, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. He indeed had come down from heaven, and did return to the throne of the Father in heaven. Read John 20 verse 17. But on his faithful testimony, no one else has done so. What then are the dead doing? The answer is neither mysterious nor spooky. The dead are simply sleeping in their graves, unconscious, waiting to be called to resurrection. What will happen when Christians are resurrected? The Apostle Paul explains in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. We can gain tremendous encouragement if we understand the truth about death and resurrection, as taught in the Bible. We need not distress or confuse ourselves with the fearful superstitions fostered by the festivals of death. Can we communicate with the dead? If the dead are unconscious in the grave, not alert as disembodied spirits in heaven or elsewhere, can we communicate with them? On the day of the dead, do deceased family members actually return to their living relatives as some believe? What does the Bible say? Solomon explained in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5, For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. When righteous King David cried out to be saved from danger, he reminded God, For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave who will give you thanks? Psalm 6 verse 5. Solomon and David both understood that human beings cease from consciousness at death. The biblical account of King Saul's seance sometimes confuses casual readers who wonder about spirits existing after death. At first glance, one might think that a medium had conjured up the spirit of Samuel at King Saul's request. 1 Samuel 28, verses 8 through 15. But did the medium really bring Samuel back? Scripture explains that Saul perceived it was Samuel, in verse 14. The medium's description was simply of an old man covered with a mantle, 
apparently an unclean spirit appearing in a form much like Samuel's. Scripture shows that lying spirits do go forth to deceive, as did this one seeking to deceive Saul. In 1 Kings 22, verses 22 and 23. Yes, the Bible clearly shows that we cannot communicate with the dead. The dead are not aware of treats or offerings brought to their graves. They neither hear nor benefit from prayers made to them or on their behalf. On the other hand, we do look forward to seeing our beloved friends and relatives in the resurrection. And it is certainly right to honor the memory of a deceased family member or friend at a funeral service, especially for the sake of the mourning relatives. We honor the memory of our deceased parents and grandparents, not by leaving trinkets at their graves or by hoping to welcome their spirits into our homes, but rather by following their edifying instruction and example, and by bringing honor to the good name they established while they lived. Just good, clean fun? I don't believe in all that mumbo-jumbo, some might say. I just like to have fun on a holiday. Is there, in fact, anything wrong with the Halloween costumes we see in nations such as modern-day America? Could there be any problem with costume parties, scary stories, and the gathering of tasty treats? Should we disapprove of plastic battery-operated goblins glaring down at passing shoppers in a department store? After all, nobody today takes all the scary stuff seriously, right? Perhaps that approach itself is part of the problem. The spirit world should be taken seriously. It is real, and it is dangerous to the unwary. Yet, the dangers of the occult are often relegated to the status of a silly game, as if we could harmlessly play along if only we could get into the spirit of it. Certainly millions try to do exactly that. Even home decor maven Martha Stewart offers advice on how to decorate your front lawn with flickering pumpkins to create a spooky environment for fun. She goes on to explain, quote, The excitement of All Hallows' Eve is in the ether, the atmosphere charged by the sights and sounds and fears belonging to the night. What we're after is to beat the holiday's phosphorescent spirits at their own game, to dispel their threat using the same palette of darting amber and inky shadow they use to scare us. End quote. Halloween, The Best of Martha Stewart Living, page 11 and 12. For those who are skilled with a carving knife, author Tom Narden's book, Extreme Pumpkins, Diabolical Do-It-Yourself, Designs to Amuse Your Friends and Scare Your Neighbors, describes quote-unquote designer pumpkins you can create yourself. Nardoon offers directions for creating designs such as Cannibal Pumpkin, My Head is on Fire Pumpkin, Brain Surgery Pumpkin, Electrocuted Pumpkin, Drowning in a Bag Pumpkin, Skull Pumpkin, Blood-Filled Pumpkin, and Satanic Pumpkin. These tips by Stuart and Nardone are all in jest and tongue-in-cheek. But should this be taken so lightly? God reveals that there is a real spirit being known as the devil. This is not some bumbling fiend with a pitchfork. Rather, the devil is a powerful, hateful being who has deceived the whole world, as it says in Revelation 12, verse 9, and who seduced and drew one-third of all the angels into rebellion against God. Revelation 12, verse 4. Jesus Christ saw Lucifer cast down from heaven in Luke 10, verse 18. The angry angels who followed Lucifer's rebellion, who became demons, are described as foul spirits and unclean birds. Revelation 18, verse 2. How does God tell us to regard Satan? 
He does not tell us to play silly, spooky games that mock interaction with the spirit world. He does not tell us to act out modern versions of ancient druidic rituals. Rather, he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James 4 verses 7 and 8. God counsels us to be aware of the devil's schemes so we can avoid his traps in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. Scripture reminds us that Christians are in a struggle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6 verse 12. God's ways or pagan mischief. Halloween celebrates mischief. It is considered a time to let all inhibitions loose and suspend all rules. Author Hugo Slim reminds us, quote, Halloween still keeps many of the old pre-Christian games and rituals as part of its festivals. Games involving apples, dressing up, and retribution are still enjoyed by children every Halloween. End quote. From Feast of Festivals, page 176. He goes on to say, quote, The camouflage of fancy dress and costumes and pumpkin lanterns also provided the perfect cover under which to get even with an enemy. Halloween, therefore, became an inevitable and acceptable time to settle old scores through the ancient custom of trick or treat, a game which is extremely popular with many children today, end quote, from pages 177 and 178. But does God approve of such festivities? The Apostle Peter explains that Christians should have given up lifestyles contrary to God's way. 1 Peter 4, verse 3, we read, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Instead, we are to focus on whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Philippians 4 verse 8. The unclean and riotous roots of Halloween are not compatible with God's instructions for Christians. Interestingly, some historians have suggested a link between ancient Day of the Dead practices and destruction of Noah's idolatrous and licentious generation. Noah's flood began in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, as it says in Genesis 7 verse 11. One year later, in the second month, on the 27th day, Noah exited the ark in Genesis 8, verses 14 through 16. If we count the timing of Noah's flood according to the Jewish civil calendar, the 17th day of the second month would be somewhere from late October to early November. As author Frederick Philby has observed, quote, Thus the old world perished, and a year later a new era commenced in the same month. Both of these facts are indelibly enshrined in the memory of the human race. To many people right round the world, November brings the Day of the Dead. In a number of ancient and primitive calendars, November also brings a new year, at a time which has neither solstice nor equinox nor astronomical event to justify it. End quote. The Flood Reconsidered, pages 106 and 107. Historian Alexander Hislop identified the voyage of Osiris as a corrupted version of God's delivery of Noah and places it at around the same time. Quote, the time when Osiris was shut up in his coffin and when that coffin was set afloat on the waters, as stated 
by Plutarch, agrees exactly with the period when Noah entered the ark. That time was the seventeenth day of the month Ithir, when the overflowing of the Nile had ceased, when the nights were growing long and the days decreasing. End quote. From the Two Babylons, page 136. However, if the timing of the flood is counted according to the Jewish sacred calendar, which began in the spring, it would have occurred sometime in mid to late May, near the date originally chosen for the Feast of All Holy Martyrs. As John Garnier wrote in Worship of the Dead, quote, In Rome, in more ancient times, the festival of the spirits believed to be the souls of deceased friends was called Lumuria and was held on May 11th. This also was the 17th day of the second month of the year at that time. End quote from page 6. Do Day of the Dead observances go back into antiquity further than we may assume? Perhaps even to the destruction of a riotous and violent civilization? At the very least, there seems to be a tantalizing parallel, and perhaps there is even an outright connection. Reject Pagan Traditions when God was preparing the Israelites to enter the promised land, he gave them specific and forceful instructions that they should not try to honor him by practicing the traditions of the nations around them. They were not to absorb the observances of the Gentiles. They were to reject such practices and instead faithfully follow God's commands and instructions. Moses instructed the Israelites in Deuteronomy 12, verses 29-31, When the Lord your God cuts off from before you the nations which you go to dispossess, and you displace them and dwell in their land. Take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them, after they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. God is calling Christians today to obey and worship Him in the way that He has chosen not by following man-made false traditions. If Jesus Christ has called you to himself to understand his truth, he is calling you out of the world. In the last hours of his life, Christ prayed that his disciples would not be of the world, even though they live in the world. John 17, verses 15 and 16. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. May God grant you the understanding and discernment to come out of the world. Wholly follow him and reject the festivals of death. The Business of Horror Inset October 31st has become the third busiest party day of the year in the United States, behind only New Year's Eve and Super Bowl Sunday. A shocking report by the Overseas Development Institute found that in 2015 Americans spent more money on Halloween pet costumes than was spent in total on mental health services by 148 developing countries around the world. The National Retail Federation reported last year that 157 million Americans would be celebrating Halloween with an average expenditure of $74.34 per person, up from $41.77 in 2003. Total Halloween spending was expected to reach $6.9 billion, with 69 million people dressing in Halloween costumes and another 20 million pet owners dressing up one or more pets. 
Costumes are the largest part of the expense, followed by candy and decorations, and even Halloween greeting cards, a growing phenomenon. God tells his people not to take part in pagan ceremonies derived from the Roman Saturnalia, like Christmas and New Year's Eve celebrations, or from the worship of evil spirits and the dead, like Halloween. Christians are not to look at the pagan customs around them and ask, How did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. Deuteronomy 12, verse 30. May we suggest the holy day is God's master plan. More and more people are discovering the power of keeping the biblical holy days. Request a free printed booklet from the regional office nearest you or order at tomorrowsworld.org. PDF, EPUB, Kindle, and audio CD are also available.